can't build on a better foundation. Every other foundation will be shaken. But to build our life and our families and our own, you know, mental health and well-being, to build all of that on the foundation of the Lord. Amen. That house will stand. Come on, somebody. That house will not fall down. That house will stand, and it will still be standing. What a sweet presence of our Father, our Heavenly Father, that is here with us this morning. I love... I guess I'm going to have to stand still this morning. You know, that's hard, that's hard for me to do, so... Uh, I love... Uh, I love the story that Maybell shared about the uh, Father's Day card for David. <laughs> I love that story. It really, it really moved me and, and touched me. Happy Father's Day, Dad. And if your father were here, uh, he would be so proud of you. And you know what? I knew your dad. I knew John Brinks. And your son is absolutely right. He would be absolutely proud of you, David as a father, as a husband, as a man, as a worker, and as a totally committed follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Guarantee you. Guarantee you, bud. Proud of you. Proud of you. I believe the Holy Spirit is going to speak some wonderful things to our hearts today. And I just, um, I'm, ex- I'm excited. And, uh, and how about the, the dance? <laughs> Henry, Henry Chavez. You got some move, baby. You got some move happening there. I saw that. You know? Man. Those guys. Where were you, Steve? Yeah, you were right up there. All right. All right. Well, high five somebody near you, and let's uh, take a seat and get ready for the Word of God. Come on. I want to thank everyone in our church family that a couple months ago, Uh, You took a part in our Heart for the House offering that we do once a year here in the church. Every week we receive our tithes and offerings. Once a month we receive our missions offerings that we give away. And once a year we receive an offering for the house. And your offering this year paid for this new screen that's behind us today. And I'm just so grateful to every one of you for sowing into your house, this house. But really I want to say thank you to Mitch. You, you cannot believe how he has driven this project. And I came in this week, and him and Matt literally put every, literally put every square inch of that together and uh, have worked on it and a, and, and a team. But Mitch, you're the MVP this week, buddy, let me tell you. Let's give Mitch a big hand. Great. So what would be the ultimate gift that I could possibly receive on Father's Day? What would be literally more valuable than a winning lotto ticket? Not that I do that. What would be a treasure worth more than a big pile of cryptocurrency? I believe the greatest gift a father can have is wisdom. Wisdom. And especially in such a crazy, mixed up, confused world, if it was ever uh, a commodity to be required or desired, it's today. 
people don't know which way is up. People are upside down. And to be a father today, raising children, raising teenagers, and even, and even as a father of older children uh, today, what could be more valuable to us than wisdom? Wisdom. And so we read in the book of Proverbs, chapter 2, and verse 2, it says, tune your ears to wisdom. Get on that frequency. I know that a lot of people wouldn't even know what tuning something in would mean today because everything's so digital and you push a button and you're there. But there was a day when you had to tune and find the frequency and you had to, no, 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 ah, you got it right. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then, then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord, and you will gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. I love this. He grants a treasure of common sense. That's a treasure in this day and age, let me tell you. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you, Dad, and to all of us, but this is Father's Day, and so I'm directing this here. Then you, Dad, will understand what is right and just and fair. And you know what, Dad? You will find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart. And knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices, Dad, will watch over you and not only over you, but over those that you cover, over your own, over your house, over your children. Wise choices will watch over you and understanding will keep you safe and not just you, but those you cover, those you love, your children will keep you safe. As a matter of fact, Proverbs 4, 7 says that the wisest thing you can do is to get wisdom. <laughs> Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And we read in the New Testament, in the epistle of James, in chapter 1 and verse 5. And again, I'm directing this today toward our Father's Day celebration. Father, Dad, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Now, just hold that thought for a second. I'll come back and visit that, this, this word. Let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. So, if you lack wisdom, let him ask God. Now, sometimes the translation between the Greek and the English pitiful. As a matter of fact, I have found in some of my studies not just recently that sometimes the English word is almost the opposite of the Greek word. And so this Greek word, let him ask God, eateo, eateo. This is such a weak word. 
in the English, but it is such a strong word in the Greek. And it literally means to beg. It's not like, do you want fries with that? That's not the kind of ask we're talking about here. Do you like chicken salt? This is, this is to call for, to crave, to desire, to require. Let him ask God. Not like, honey, pass the potatoes, please. The message reads it like this. If you don't know what you're doing, Dad, <laughs> just stop right there. Yeehaw. If you don't know what you're doing, Dad, how many know that's about half the time? Anyway, we won't go there. If you don't know what you're doing, Father, pray to the Father. Pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get his help and won't be condescended to when you ask, ask, the Greek way to ask, not the McDonald's way to ask, the Greek way to ask, if you ask for it. When we crave and we desire and we require, that's when that wisdom comes down from above, from above. It's the wisdom that is, we need the wisdom that comes from our heavenly father. We need the wisdom that comes from above. And James also says this in chapter three and verse 15. He talks about the wisdom from above. Two verses before that, he talks about the wisdom from below. And he calls the wisdom from below, he calls it earthly, sensual, and demonic. And he says, and it, and it leads to absolute confusion. That's the wisdom from below. And then he says these words, but the wisdom from above, now, Dad, I want you to just think about this. I want, to, I want you to see yourself sitting down with your son or your daughter, and you're having a conversation, and in that conversation, you've been asking God for wisdom. Let me show you what it's going to look like, or at least give you a little a, a feel for, for the room. And, here, and here's what, it, but the wisdom that's from above, here's what it's going to sound like. First, it's pure. Then it's peaceable, gentle. Open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. How many want some of that? You need to determine that you are going to live a life of wisdom. You need to decree and, and establish that when you walk into your home and your house, and when that door opens and you walk in the door, that you are walking into that door with wisdom in your heart that you have cried out for, that you sought for, that you've been tuning and finding and listening and, and, and asking and seeking. And you want to be like this man in Psalm chapter 101 and verse 2 who said, this is a great confession. He said, I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. He said, I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. Dad, we need to walk in our house with a wise heart, a wise and a perfect heart. Now, I've laid all this down, and now I want to step on what I've just laid down to, to bring us to the thoughts that I really have for today. One of the coolest verses to me in the whole Bible is in Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 11. 
And it says, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. That's just kind of cool. And I, I just, I've, always, I've always thought that was a very cool verse of scripture. A word fitly spoken. In other words, you know, like a, like a wise, like, a, like a, one of those really good words. A word. A word. When it's fitly spoken, it's like apples of gold in settings of silver. The message says, the right word at the right time. Now, how many have been guilty of the opposite? All right. The right word at the right time is like a custom-made belt buckle. That's me and the message. The message, is, the message by itself says it's like a custom-made piece of jewelry. But coming from Arizona, I couldn't help. The right word at the right time is like a custom-made piece of jewelry. So what I would like to do today, with the Lord's help, is share with you a few words that I pray would be fitly spoken, words that would be, I pray, the right word at the right time on this Father's Day, and I'd like to lay out a table here, as it were, and lift the lid of a word, and I pray that that word would be like an apple of gold in a setting of silver, words of wisdom, words of insight, Words of wisdom for you today as a father. So, let's have a go. The first word that I would like to present to you on this platter of silver is this word, duplication. Now, what's the wisdom in this word for me today as a father? Here it is. Don't be your father. Be their father. Don't be your father. Be her father. Be his father. You are not your father, and they are not you. It's not one size fits all. You must be led by the Holy Spirit. You must discern and have leadership. You can learn, absolutely learn, but you cannot stand up and say, well, this is the way I was raised. Really, how did that work out for you? No, we need to not duplicate our Father, but we need to imitate our Heavenly Father. I mean, learn all you can learn from your Father, but you're not your Father. And where you want to draw, the wisdom you want to draw from, draw as much as you can from everywhere you can, but here is what you really want. You want to imitate your heavenly Father. And this is what we read in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1 and 2. Be imitators of God. Imitate God. Not necessarily duplicate someone else. Imitate God as beloved children. And here it is. Walk in love as Christ loved us. And dad, how he gave himself up how he gave himself up 
for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. The message reads it like this. Watch what God does, and then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but in order to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. Father like that. Live like that. Duplication. If I were to come over here to the silver platter and tray and lift the lid for another, what I pray would be an apple of gold, it would be another word, participation. Participation. What's the wisdom in this word? Not for them, but with them. We think the most important things we do are for them. But what your children will remember is what you did with them. With them. Now, we know that God is for us. We see that. We get that. We read it in the Bible. It's very clear. But what changes everything is knowing that God is with us, that he is with us. And this is what the angel said to young Mary there in Nazareth in Matthew chapter 1 and in verse 23, when he comes to announce to her that she's going to to be the mother of the Messiah. And and, and we read this, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. And here's what they will call him. They will call him Emmanuel, which means not God is for us. It means God is with us. Be with your children, not just for your children. It's more than your contribution. It's your connection. It's more than your investment. It's your involvement. It's more than your employment. It's your engagement. Don't just pray for your son. Pray with your son. Don't just do something for your daughter. Do something with your daughter. You know, when Jesus commissioned the disciples to go into all the world, in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 20, Jesus did not say to them, and lo, I am for you always, even until the end of the age. Go, go, and I am for you. No, that's not what he said. Here's what he said. 
And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Participation. Duplication, participation. And here's a word of wisdom. Observation. Observation. What's the wisdom in this word? Let them see that you see them. Let them see that you see them. Your children need you to see them. They need to notice that you notice them. They want to see that you saw. Stewie was in our meeting this week. We were talking about this talk this Saturday morning, and Stewie said, you know, he's coached a lot of football teams with, with kids. And he said it never fails that when a kid does something out on the field, the first thing he does is turn back to see if you saw did you see that, coach? Did you see? And you know, the last thing he wants to do is turn and see you talking to someone else or on your phone and you didn't even see, that you didn't even see. He needs you to see. Your children need you to see them. They need to know. Your son, your daughter, they need to know that they are not invisible to you. They need to know that you are not blind to them, but that you see them and that your eyes are on them. Observation. When Abraham and Sarah had finally received the miracle baby in Isaac. They now begin to shun Hagar and Ishmael. And Sarah said, I don't, I don't like this mocking woman mocking me. And he says, well, do with her whatever you think. And so she sends her off into the wilderness alone and abandoned. And there's Hagar with her son out in the wilderness, completely abandoned, completely rejected, completely forsaken. And yet God meets with her. And God speaks to her. And God directs her. And God makes her some promises. And she is so overwhelmed. Her breath is just taken away. That when she answers God, she calls him a name that no one has ever called God before. She speaks to him after he spoke to her. And he, she said, you are El Roe. You are El Roe. You are the God who sees me. Be the father that sees your daughter. Be the father that sees your son. 
A wise father will not be looking at his phone when he should be looking at his own. I made that one up all by myself. <laughs> There's a former NFL football player in the United States named uh, Akbar Bajabiamila. That's his name, Akbar Bajabiamila. <clears throat> and uh, for the last 13 years, he's been a co-host on the really successful television show called America Ninja Warrior. And uh, we lo love watching that. Of course, there's also the Australia uh, Ninja Warrior as well. But, but the Australia Ninja Warrior does not have Akbar Bajabiamila hosting it. And for 13 years, he's become so famous for three words. So here's this you know, big obstacle course that only a fraction of humanity could even attempt you know, with strength. And, and here's, all, here's these, a lot of these young kids and high schoolers now and college kids and older people. And there's, they're you know, climbing with fingertips and they're doing all kinds of stuff. You know, and they're accomplishing great things. But there's probably been a thousand times in the 13 years that Akbar Bajabiamila will point down to some kid and say, I see you. I see you. I saw that. I saw that. I see you. I see you, Robert. I see you sitting there. I see you. I see who you are. I see what you've done. I see what's in your heart. I see you. I see you. I see you. Duplication and participation and observation. And finally, I want to share this word that I think has wisdom in it for us today. And that is the word declaration. Declaration. You know, in the first chapter of the Gospel of Luke, after Mary is told that she's going to have a baby, well, her relative, Elizabeth, down in the Judea hills, is also uh, experiencing a miracle of God. But what happens is that when her husband, Zechariah, goes into the temple uh, for the, you know, uh, the yearly uh, duty, while he's in there, an angel visits him and tells him that he's going to have a son. He's going to be an older father, <laughs> and, and, and God's going to do a miracle. And he begins to tell him, and your son, he's going to be something else, man. He is going to be something else. And I want you to name him John. And he's going to be something. And Zechariah says, like, like, but, how, but like, how do I know for real? How, but like, how do I know if this is like, like for real? And the angel went, I mean, I'm an angel. <laughs> so the angel said, okay, uh, well, well, you want to play that? You want to go that route? Well, well, we'll give you a little sign. And I think I can make this one up myself. So here's the thing. I'm telling you what's going to happen, and I'm telling you who's going to happen, but you're not going to be able to speak a word until it happens. So you're going to be um, dumb. You're not going to be able to speak. You're going to be mute. But here, nine months later, after not being able to speak, he's not deaf, but he's dumb. 
When the baby's eight days old, in verse 59, they all came to the circumcision ceremony. They wanted to name him Zechariah after his father, but Elizabeth said, no, 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 his name is John. What? They exclaimed. There's no one in all your family by that name. So they used gestures to ask the baby's father what he wanted to name him. Now, that's always amazed me because he wasn't deaf. I don't know. Anyway, I just, that one's always, I've kind of gone. Okay. So he motions for a writing tablet, and to everyone's surprise, he wrote, his name is John. And instantly, Zechariah could speak again, and he began praising God. And the declaration of Zechariah over his son, his name is John. In that declaration was an affirmation and an identification that John would be great in the eyes of God and that he would be special. What wise declaration and affirmation and identification are you making over your daughter? What wise declaration and affirmation and identification are you making over your son? You know, Jesus would eventually say about John, he's the greatest dude that ever lived. That's my translation. Matthew eleven eleven. Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there is not risen one greater than John the Baptist. Not even Mark the Methodist. I'm trying, man. I'm, my dad jokes are too old. Just give it up, eh? Announce, pronounce great and life-giving declarations over your sons and over your daughters. Job chapter 22 and verse 28 says, Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. Listen to the heavenly Father's declaration of his son as he goes into those baptismal waters, and John is there baptizing Jesus, and this is in the 11th verse of the first chapter of Mark, and there came a voice from heaven. Listen to this declaration. You are my son, whom I love. You, you, with you, I am well pleased. This declaration was affirmation, identification, and confirmation. And those words would carry Jesus for the next 40 days into the wilderness where the enemy would stand before him and say, if you're the son of God, if you're the son of God. And those words of affirmation and confirmation that Jesus spoke would also carry Jesus for the next thousand days until he carried a cross up to Calvary's hill. The message says, you are my son, chosen and marked by my love, pride of my life. Now here's the reality. Your fathering and mine will have a lifetime impact on our children. My youngest daughter, 
Joel. What a joy and a delight she has been to raise. But you know, the most common question she asked growing up, I would say by far, there was never a question she asked any more than this question. Is dad mad at me? The message version says, you are my son marked by my love. And somehow she had become my daughter marked by my anger. And it grieved me that her first thought of me was I mad at her. Is dad mad at me? And so, man... I began to tune my ears to wisdom and I began to concentrate on understanding and I began to cry out for insight and I began to ask for understanding and I began to search for them like you would search for silver and I began to seek them like hidden treasure because I wanted her to be marked by my love, not my anger. I can remember pressing into God. Help me, Father. Give me wisdom, Father. Help me to help me, Lord. And so we were, she was in high school, and, and uh, we, we, we went up to Queensland, and we, uh, we kind of uh, rented a, a little sailboat up there, and I had just learned to sail, and, and so we're up there, and it's beautiful in the Whit Sundays, and, and we're sailing, and, and I'm trying to remember everything there is to remember to sailing, you know, come about, and we're going to turn it, and we're going to, and, 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 and you have to do this with the, with, you know, and so Jojo's sitting there, and Chris is there, and, and we're going on, and, I, and we're in this thing, and I said, no, no, you get, you know, Jojo, yeah, yeah, and all of a sudden, she started crying. And when I saw that I, I was, I was, I was, I was, I snapped at her, but I, I didn't mean to. And she, she started crying, and I'm thinking, I brought, a, I brought her up here for holiday and family time. And, and I tell you what, when she started crying, and I had been seeking and pursuing with all my heart, God help me, please help me. I just totally took my hands off the sailboat wheel. I just took, and, I, and everything else. And I reached over and I put my arms around her and I held her and I said, oh, no, 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 Jojo, no, 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 no. I, no, I'm sorry. I, I just, I'm, no, daddy, I love you. I'm not mad at you, baby. I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at you. Another time, I'm upstairs watching footy. It was good. It was live. It was awesome. And she'd been downstairs doing something. And uh, I think, you know, uh, Carol had gone shopping or something, but I could hear her downstairs. All of a sudden, I heard the door open, and she stepped outside for something. I heard the door close. And, man, I'm into this match. And it is, like, awesome. And all of a sudden, I'm hearing ding, ding, ding on the doorbell. Ding, ding, ding on the doorbell. I'm thinking, what the heck? What the, ding, 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 ding. What, what did she do, lock herself out? How do you do that? 
How do you do that? She's like 16 years old. How do you lock yourself? And I go, oh, mate. And so I get up and I walk down and I'm thinking, how dumb can you, I can't believe you. And I open the door and there she stood. And she had that look on her face. You know, the one that asked that question. Dad, are you mad at me? And I bit down on my tongue because I'm trying to tune in, man. I'm trying to press in. And I said, Joe, you're everything a father could wish for in a daughter. I love you. I love everything about you. I love you. I love you. And I went back up and watched the dang football after that. And you know, she was, I just wanted to change the mark. I just needed God to help me change the mark. And so now she's engaged and in a few months, she's going to belong to another man. Suck it up, every dad in the house. Those girls are going to leave you. They're going to leave you. I don't care how much they promise you they won't. I don't care how much they say, Daddy, I'll never leave you. Daddy, I'm going to marry you. I'm going to be with you, Daddy. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. But now I know that my last months, you know, are so important that I get this right. And so one day she came upstairs and I said, Jojo, could I have a talk with you? She'd come over, and I said, Jojo, you know what's wrong with you? And she looked at me, and she sat down on the arm of the chair, and she said, what? What? I said, Jojo, if I tell you what's wrong with you, will you believe me? Yes, Dad. What is it? I said, nothing. Nothing is wrong with you. You're the most amazing human being. Nothing is wrong with you. So I want to ask the team to come, and I want to finish my Father's Day talk by rereading what I read at the beginning. If any of you lacks wisdom, James 1.5 again, I'm back there. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, ask, 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 like I got to have this ask. Let him ask God because my kids are going to be affected all their life by my fathering. Let them ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. It will be given him if you will ask, cry out for. And so this Father's Day, and by the way, I'm going to share this message again this evening. If you feel there's a father that you'd like to bring back that maybe wasn't here this morning, bring him back. But this Father's Day, what I really want to do is give you words of wisdom that would be like apples of gold on a platter of silver Maybe the word duplication 
that, that that would be a word that you wouldn't do, but you would do imitation. And you would imitate God as, as a, a dear father. And, and the word participation, you know, not for them, but with them. That's what they will know. That's what they will remember with them. And then the observation, I see you. I see you. I see your heart. I see your effort. I see you. And then, of course, we would talk about the apple of gold on this platter of silver that would be a declaration, a life-giving declaration and that you would mark your children like the Father did Jesus with his love. Stand with me, please. Abba, how good you are. How good you are. My Father, and all my life you've been so faithful. My Father, I pray for every father in the house, Lord. I pray for dads that are just having a go best they can. But Lord, I pray that we could move beyond best we can. And we would move into a place of tuning in and dialing in and allowing wisdom to enter our heart. Wisdom is the chief thing. Get it, desire it more than gold, more than silver. Wisdom, the wisest thing you can do is to get wisdom. And Lord, if we've ever needed men today with hearts of wisdom, we need it now. And Lord, if there was ever a generation on this planet that needed fathers who had wisdom, it's now. And Lord, it's not just the, the, the wisdom that comes from when they lived at home. It's even the wisdom now when they don't live at home, when they have children of their own. And when they're, Lord, I need wisdom now as much as I've ever needed wisdom then. And so I cry out to you. And I bless every man in this house. And I pray wisdom will enter our hearts this day in Jesus' name. Amen.